Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Now this weekend, I attended the Fast Forward Your Business event in London and uh, that was run and organised by Roger Hamilton. Um, whilst there were actually quite a lot of property people at the event, um, there were also a lot of attendees from all walks of, uh, of business life, so um, quite a diverse group. And then I think the content was was not you know property related as such. It was much more about business, um, you know, business uh, methods uh, and trends and this sort of thing instead. And uh, Roger ha- Roger Hamilton is a very forward looking individual, and uh, he shared many of his thoughts and and research on some of the next waves, as he called them, in in business. Uh, but there were some other central takeaways that that you know struck me personally, certainly on reflection after the event, which is what I plan to share with you today. So, uh, without further ado, on with the show and property chatter. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with property chatter. So I was uh, I was mulling over the theme for this week's show, and I had a couple of thoughts running through my head, as is often the case. However, confirmation of the topic really came when uh, a regular loyal listener called Sanjay asked if I would share my top tips that came out of uh, of this weekend's event. Now, Sanjay was due to attend uh, the event himself, and that's uh, we were talking about perhaps meeting up and having a chat whilst we were there, but uh, due to a problem in one of his properties, he could not make the event. Now, rather than give a, a blow-by-blow account, I, I did pick up some what I call aha moments and also some distinctions over the weekend that I wanted to share with you today. And uh, and, and, and prompted a little bit by Sanjay's request. So uh, an aha moment is when you go, oh really, I, I never really thought about it that way before. Uh, so that's an aha moment, if you like. And a distinction is when there is something that we, we kind of inherently knew already, but there was a, a smaller variation or something that came out on top that helped to uh, reinforce the point or take it slightly forward as a result of hearing it. So it's not, it's not earth-shatteringly new, but it does sort of take it on or reinforce or maybe leads us to do something different. So ahas and distinctions or aha moments and distinctions. So... You know, in terms of aha moment, my, my biggest issue, if you like, and the, the aha moment that was the idea really behind the title for this week's show, Double or Quits, you know, came out of, of this event. So, um, Double or Quits, of course, is not, is not specifically a, a gambling term, although, uh, to some extent, it kind of is, because, um, if we, uh, don't follow some of these future waves or trends, then we kind of are gambling with our business and our future if we don't get it right. So, um, I thought it was an appropriate title or subtitle for today's show, Double or Quits. Um, but it's also got some double meanings as well, which is uh, perhaps what I might uh, illuminate as we go through. But to, illumist, illu- yeah, to, rather, to illustrate one of the big waves, as, uh, as Roger referred to them, these big waves are future trends uh, that, that uh, he spotted are emerging, is the sharing economy, of course. Now we've got uh, people like Uber 
I think now they're like number two or number three most valued company. Uh, was it $100 billion? It's massive. We've got Airbnb. We've got uh, alternative financial service providers and technologies like contact, uh, sorry, contactless payments from Barclays, even, you know, lined into coats now, contactless payments. We've got peer-to-peer -peer money transfer services like the recently standalone PayPal. Now, PayPal's been around for a while, but pretty much it's been aligned to uh, eBay uh, auction payments and that sort of thing. But now it's going to venture off into other kinds of uh, direct payment uh, between individuals and, uh, and businesses. And then we've got things like bank eliminating foreign currency uh, transfer providers like Evolut. And, uh, and then they've got crowdfunding, not just, you know, peer-to-peer -peer lending with Zopa and the personal loan type of uh, marketplace, but also in, in business, um, you know, we've got uh, Funding Circle, for example, and, uh, and in property investment, there is Crowd Property, for example. So there's a whole range of these change-making companies and indeed change-making industries that are starting to disrupt and change the status quo. And indeed, I, I refer to some of these uh, these types of things previously when I talked about megatrends a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, I, I'm not the only uh, mad person talking about these big ideas, obviously. Uh, it seems that Roger Hamilton is, and I'm sure he knows a lot more about it than I do, in fact, ju certainly judging by the level of insight and research that he shared. Uh, but one way or another, we will be impacted by these megatrends and these disruptive technologies. And in some cases, completely new industries. And uh, let me give an example, 3D printing. You know, we, no one heard of 3D printing uh, some time ago, but uh, now a 3D printer can print a 3D printer. So just think about that for a minute. <laughs> so, you know, it's a completely new concept, this idea of 3D printing. I thought it was like 3D films, you know, where you just see it from a different perspective, but it kind of is. We're actually building things in 3D. So there, it's another, it's a, it's a, it's a technological revolution, which is going to change the way that manufacturing works going forward. Anyway, I could, I could talk about this sort of stuff for a long time, as you can probably imagine, but best get on topic. <laughs> So during this event, or during this part of the event, when we're talking about disruptive technologies and this sort of thing, Roger made quite a challenging statement. Uh, it stuck with me actually throughout the whole weekend and indeed has uh, stuck with me now. And he said, know what you're good at and double your time on that, then outsource or automate the rest. So know what you're good at and double your time on that, then outsource or automate the rest. Now, this, of course, um, comprises th uh, several elements to the statement. First thing, of course, is that we ne need to know what we're good at. Uh, the second thing is that we need to be consciously calculating and then allocating the amount of time that we spend on an activity. And then third, of course, we need to let go to either other people or indeed systems to do things for us. So three distinct components. Now, I guess some people might struggle with point one, uh, if not point two as well, before even getting to point three. Uh, fortunately, personally speaking, I, I'm now clear on, on what I'm good at. Um, however, it's taken me quite a long time to figure that bit out if I think about my entire life and not just my property investing journey, for example. I must confess that I'm a, a little less able or proficient when it comes to allocating my time than I would like, though. So, uh, yeah, I, in the interest of transparency, I always reveal some of the, the weaknesses that I have as well as potential strengths. So, um, fortunately, Roger's profiling tests have helped me to better understand this. And so I'm what's called a, a natural creator. 
Um, he's got various ways of uh, categorizing people, but uh, I'm classed as a natural creator. So Roger would call me this, and uh, it means I'm full of ideas, thoughts, plans, and visions, and uh, and less interested or even capable in the minutiae or nitty-gritty, let's say. That makes a lot of sense to me to actually understand that. It's uh, certainly resonated through a lot of my life. But guess what? It's completely okay to be that way as well. And um, perhaps drifting off topic a little bit, um, we, we can always try and just uh, reduce our weaknesses, but actually perhaps we should be magnifying our strengths. But uh, that's perhaps another topic for another day. So, you know, for me, uh, personally speak, as I mentioned, I, I believe that I'm, I'm really good at sharing my knowledge and information with other people to help them to grow and develop too. And this is part of the reason why I've got this podcast. It's, uh, it's a reason why I've written a book, host a blog and news feed and so on. I, I love this and I put myself in, in a position where it really is where I spend a lot of my time now already. And property investing allows me the opportunity to do this. And property investing has also allowed me to gain specialist knowledge to share with other people as well. So I guess, um, you know, I talked about sharing as being part of what I do. And it's property investing that's enabled me to do that. And that's a good point to remember. You know, property investing doesn't necessarily need to be an end in itself. It can provide opportunities. It can provide openings to do other things. So what I realized that is that uh, some of the information sharing activities that I do undertake are better than others. And when I use the word better, I define it here as having the biggest impact on other people, which leads to transformation in their lives. So that's, that's what I mean by better. So uh, it's not about better quality. It's just impact and transformation. They're the two big words. And whilst sharing um, a story for a news feed is helpful, is it really transformational? I mean, this morning I just shared a newsfeed story about uh, Legionella's disease Well, uh, and, and what the responsibilities are of a landlord. Now, as a result of sharing that story, perhaps, perhaps it is a little bit impactful uh, because, you know, we can save landlords some money by knowing that information. So, you know, I do try and be selective in the information I share, but it's not truly transformational. And that's kind of uh, where I, I really should be focusing. So... Um, you know, I guess my point is my books and training and mentoring has the capability to bring about positive transformation and, and impact into other people's lives. And so really, that's where I should be spending more of my time, you know, doing that. And I guess that was my aha moment in summary. But don't worry, don't worry though, I'll still be doing this podcast and I basically can't help it anyway, but uh, I'll still be doing this podcast and I will actively share what is going on in the world of property through other media as well. So it's just that I need to be a little bit smarter in how I am going to be allocating things going forward. And as I mentioned, it's my aha moment as a result of this weekend, which I'm freely sharing with you. So the... Um, the time allocation thing, you know, to the big three, as I'm now going to call them, writing, training and mentoring, will now take even more precedence than before. Uh, double, in fact. <laughs> Thanks, Roger, for, for that tip. But before I move on to the next point, perhaps you might be thinking, what am I good at? And what tasks should I be doubling my time input on as well? It's quite natural to have that thought. I've been there uh, before I got my sort of uh, breakthrough, but uh, been there many times actually. But if you don't know already, I've got a couple of suggestions. In fact, there are a couple of books that you know I suggest you read and then you can decide. Now, the first one, coincidentally, is Roger Hamilton's own book, The Millionaire Master Plan. And... Um, 
apart from it being a really good book and then knowing if you're this creator uh, you know uh, and know what that means etc it basically gives you access to taking one of his tests that's uh, included in the price of the book so I think a standalone test can be quite expensive but if you buy the book you get a token and you can take the test so you'll know if you're a creator or a star or a, um, trying to think what the other ones are, accumulator or a mechanic there are various other um, descriptors out there and people fall into these categories if you've done any kind of psychometrics it's it's very similar in fact it's based on Jung's uh, teachings just as a bit of an underlying theme there so that's the first book the second book is The Values Factor by Dr. John Martini, and um, it's quite interesting. His story is actually really interesting in itself, so, you know, a good read just to, to get his story and his transformation. But the, the book's a bit long. Uh, it does repeat some of the points in slightly different ways as you go through it, but don't let that, let that put you off. You know, you'll, you'll still get it within about the first three or four chapters, and then you'll be able to understand your strengths, your passions, your values, as he calls them, uh, where they lie, uh, because the author's got some key questions and some methods that helps you to to uncover those. So, um, where do you spend your time, and you know those sorts of things. You know, will help you understand what uh, what you're good at and what you prefer to do, what your values are. And therefore, once we've um, uh, read those two books, we should have a good indication of what we like to do, prefer to do, what we're good at. And obviously, that gives us a clue as to what we should be doubling. But of course, if we, don't, <laughs> if we don't measure our time, we don't know what double looks like, do we? So that's the first thing we kind of, well, the next thing we need to do is to measure and then allocate our time so that we know what that looks like. But um. I might not be the right guy, in all honesty, to give you the best advice on this one, I have to say, given what I said earlier about uh, my proficiency. But I have used a few tools myself recently that have helped me, certainly helped me. And the first one was um, a daily log. Now, this sounds like my worst nightmare, of course, with uh, lots of in, you know detail. But just for one week, what I suggest is set an alarm on the hour for every waking hour and then record what you did in that last hour and approximately how long for. So include things like social media, tea breaks and, and that sort of thing by the way. Uh, it's quite revealing to get that information written out I can tell you. But at the end of each day spend about 15 minutes reviewing the day and try to add up the time spent on certain groups of tasks or activities so eating and coffee breaks span four hours for example, reading one hour, writing a presentation two hours, you're probably going to get some TV time in there as well maybe. You know, so, you know, the idea is to kind of catalogue and do this for about a week. It, it sounds a bit painstaking, but you can set up a discipline, just have a, a repeat timer on your phone uh, every hour, just have a notepad next to you and just jot down the main things that you did in that hour and a rough idea of the timing. So not nothing OTT. And it should start to get a little bit clearer where you're spending your time. Then I'd suggest taking uh, the tests from uh, Roger's book and answering the questions from John's book, uh, Dr. John I suppose I should call him, um, and then figure out what you're actually good at, what your strengths are and what your preferences are. That's probably the next step. Then uh, I think uh, following on it would be to generate, uh, what I did actually is generated a daily task list of must-do tasks based on the log. Uh, the two books mentioned and uh, you know I, I kind of got some idea of prioritization as a result of that and now I have that as a printout you could have it as an Excel sheet but have it next to you and tick them off basically as you go through each day because we're gonna have to create some new habits we're gonna have to do some tracking here so it does introduce some planning some discipline some recording that's gonna be needed to to make these things stick
So as I mentioned, tick them off, stick to it. Now, final point here is that there's always going to be an 80-20 rule. Pareto principle, if you like, and that basically means that uh, we're gonna we we probably should be at least spending most of our time, the eighty percent, in on those most important and impactful things, the twenty percent of the tasks. But it also means some things will be left behind. So um, don't worry, I'm going <laughs> to take you through that next of all. So the next step really is to figure out what is not getting done and either give those things or those jobs to someone else and that could be paid or unpaid or find a system to make it easier and less time intensive to do so. So in my case I now have a virtual assistant who takes care of a lot of my admin for example and so that's an outsourcing example. Then I've discovered, you know, I was trying to think what I've done recently but I've discovered little tools within Outlook. There's a tool called Quick Steps where I can file an email into a certain email folder at the click of a mouse. So that streamlines my email management. And similarly, I use Evernote to save articles that I read online. So I now have a, a what's it called, a little tab thing, a little button. I just click on and I'm able to save it into certain notebooks, like they're called, on Evernote. And I save that to either read later or for research on different things and, and things like that. So those last two are systemized, uh, you know, technological advances that I use. So outsource, systemize, exactly the point. And I guess finally, um, I'm in the midst actually of considering whether to switch to a paid-for uh, portfolio management software solution. Um, I've been aware of this for some time. I've been using Excel spreadsheets and uh, and that's been fine. And I've previously commented along with, uh, I think Damien Fogg was a guest on the show when he talked about being able to manage several hundred properties on Excel. And um, I've been using Excel quite adequately, I think, but I think it's time for me to think about one of these automated solutions. It has to have certain qualities, you know, for example, offline reporting, to digress a little bit, but, uh, you know, it's a guy, it's an idea of making this a little bit more automated too. Um, so, so that's just something I'm thinking about doing and certainly think about doing more so as a result of this double or quit type of principle. Now, these, of course, are very personal examples that I can tell you. Um, and I've got more to do if I'm going to meet my doubling of my time approach on, on the things that uh, you know are best use of my time. But uh, I have, of course, drifted into the outsource and systemize part already here. So, uh, you know, perhaps uh, I do that sometimes. My mind wanders a little bit. So let's, let's pick up a little bit more on the, the outsource and systemize uh, side of it now. Yeah, so in terms of uh, outsourcing and systemizing, um, I've heard the principle do manage outsource, or words to that effect, do manage outsource before. And notably, actually, from Rob Moore over at Progressive Property, who's uh, quite, you know, voracious in the, in the information that he shares. And it's, uh, it's a good one to remember here now, actually. There are some things that we can only do ourselves, or at least we should, uh, we should only do ourselves. And this really has to be where our most Im impactful tasks are by definition, you know, and the ones that we need to double our time on, as we've noted earlier. So do is what we do ourselves and what we do ourselves should be the most impactful um, and it should be the ones that we're probably going to get the best return or transformation or that sort of thing as well. So that's that's what we should be doing ourselves. But then we get, uh, you know, there's obviously going to be a bunch of stuff that we should still do at some point but it's not in that uh, highest category and certainly if we're doubling our time in that highest category we need to uh, find a way to get other things done 
And, uh, and the next category, of course, is delegation or delegating tasks to other people. And, um, and who are these other people? Um, well, if we've got a team or a business, then think 360 degrees and delegate up, down and sideways. Remembering, of course, that each team member or colleague or even boss might be adopting a similar strategy themselves. And so they should only be taking on tasks that are the most impactful for them. So there will, of course, be a limit in how much we can pass over to other people, because if we all try to pass everything across, of course, nothing would ever get done. But we can certainly do that. And there will be people who are good at certain things and can take on more of that type of activity uh, instead of ourselves. And um, the the other people that we could delegate to could potentially include uh, wives, husbands, or life partners, for example, uh, even our kids. Now, <laughs> I kind of thought about this. Even if we don't have a business, we probably have family. Um, and and you know, sometimes dinner and cleaning can be done by other members of the household too. You know, <laughs> so we don't have to do all that sort of stuff ourselves. It could be other people quite capable of uh, boiling an egg or you know, cleaning down the kitchen or something like that. So we can give that to, to other people and don't have to do it ourselves. So, and of course, the other categories, we might have some uh, some friends who could help out at times, um, but that's, you know, leaning on friends in particular is not really a sustainable business model. So it might help at times or it might help to get us going, but it's not necessarily sustainable for the long term. So then I guess we, if we haven't got a team or if we haven't got a lot of resources in, in the home or with a close f uh, friend network, then we're looking at outsourcing. And outsourcing basically means employing somebody who's outside of our business on a salary, outside of being a family member on chore duty, or outside of our friends on f what I'm going to call favor watch. <laughs> It could be a, a professional, for example, to advise us or to undertake uh, specific tasks like a tax return. It could be a contractor to undertake a specific project like creating a web page or doing a uh, gas safety inspection. It could be a service provider of some sort to perform regular tasks on our behalf. Things like letting agents, deal sourcer, virtual assistant and so on. You know, there there's some examples of who we could out outsource things to. Now, the rule being to think more about, you know, how and who we could give tasks to in order to remain productive ourselves. So that's kind of what we're driving at is that how and who could we give this to someone else to remain productive ourselves? And I'm really talking about outsourcing here more than systemizing, of course. But um, it does bring us to a point about quitting, you know, that um, there, there could actually be, you know, I had a bit of an afterthought here. There could be some things that we need to drop altogether i.e. quit. And we should always, you know, therefore ask ourselves a number of key questions, I think. And the first one should be, should I be doing this myself? Question number one. The second one should be, could or should someone be doing this that is better at it than me? The next question could be, could this be systemized to make it more efficient and less time intensive? So the first two points really pick up the, you know, should I do it? Should I give it to someone else? Outsource type of thing, delegate or outsource. And this third point is really about systemizing. And then the fourth key question is this. Finally, should I be doing this at all? And of course, you know, whether I've passed it to someone else or systemize it, I can still ask myself the question, should we be doing this at all? And that's a really important point, I think, because um, that's where we get to the quits part of my double or quits point. Quit could mean we quit doing something by giving it to someone else. Alternatively, by giving it over to a system, either in whole or in part. 
And if you're into systems or want to learn more about that, a great book to read about systemizing is The E-Myth from Michael E. Gerber, for example. There are others, but uh, I think that's seen as one of the classics for sure. So I guess in conclusion, double or quits to me was such an aha moment, not just because I will get uh, a one-time fast forward for my own personal pro productivity and business growth, but also to perhaps add a, a further distinction here to repeat the process periodically and review review the results. So, um, so for example, I can imagine that what I need to double my time on, you know, could be different next year to this year, just as this year was different to last year too. So, um, you know, re regularly reviewing this, uh, building it into our regular planning cycles, if you like, um, is something that I would advocate doing. And it's quite interesting, isn't it? You know, to have this thought and idea and keep reviewing, reflecting, and, you know, we keep doubling in, in those areas. It's just going to make us much more focused and, and targeted and strategic, I think. Now, quickly now that I've taken so much time so far to get this far, here are some of the other distinctions that I noted. I'm not going to go through all of them, but here's some of them and, uh, and what they kind of meant to me. So I talked about the aha moment. Here's some of the uh, distinctions. Now, um, our lives and business will, will change as a result of technological and other innovations that perhaps we, we couldn't even conceive a few years ago. For example, in China, they've recently built, I think it was a four-story apartment building using a 3D printer. I mean, wow. <laughs> they built basically built a house. In fact, it's more than a house. It's an apartment building using a 3D printer. That's amazing. So the distinction here for me was that I need to keep an eye out for the next big waves to avoid being a dodo and dying out like the dodo. So that's certainly going to be a change to construction methods, certainly in affordable housing, I would imagine. Anyway, I digress, but uh, there is my distinct, distinction point. And then uh, the other point, another point rather, was when um, when we open our minds up to different tribes, as I call them, then, you know, so different tribes of different people, different communities, different groups, then we get new insights, perspectives and contacts too. And so I guess the distinction here I came away from uh, this event was uh, I had a whole bunch of contacts, obviously, uh, from people I'd never met before or probably wouldn't have met without going to this event, but also an awareness of uh, of some completely new business models that people are already implementing successfully today. And not just the ones spoken about from the stage, but also people in the room as well. You know, movers and shakers, change makers, uh, rainmakers, all these sorts of terms, as you call them. But they're going to be adopting the business models of the future. So it's just fascinating for me. I'm naturally curious and it was just fascinating to hear some of these things. And I guess the third point, just to keep the, the list manageable, if you like, was turning our needs into opportunities. And... Um, and, and this really completely changes our energy and our focus and our thought process. So just to illustrate by way of example, um, the uh, I don't have enough money to invest in property could be reframed as I have a property deal where a joint venture finance partner can earn a good return on their money. And this totally changes the emphasis around, you know, uh, sorry, around from I want to I offer. And so at the same time, from I want to I give. I think that was, you know, kind of key distinction. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's instead of thinking about lack, I want, it's about abundance, I give. And I thought that was, it's almost an aha moment, but I'm just going to leave it as a distinction uh, for now. There we go. So um, there were others I mentioned, but I, I just wanted to share a few of them on today's show. And thanks, uh, Sanjay, for the encouragement. I really appreciate that. And I hope it's made up for having to uh, to miss the event, at least uh, at least in part anyway. 
But I, um, yeah, I kind of, I don't want to leave actually the show today without this, uh, afterthought that I had. It's been kind of niggling in my mind when I've been drafting, uh, notes for the, for the topic today. And that's, uh, when I was thinking about the concept of double or quit, this doesn't only apply to tasks or activities or things, if you like. It can also apply to people too. <laughs> so that perhaps leads on to a whole other discussion. But for now, and as a kind of cliffhanger, I'm just going to leave it at that. So just remember, as we should focus our time and our attention on things that are most impactful, the same can be said about the people we hang out with as well. (laughs) So uh, more on that subject another time perhaps, but uh, perhaps I'll leave it there for now and uh, get your your thought processes uh, thinking about that. But there we go, another week, another musing. The show notes will be over at the website, uh, www.thepropertyvoice.net. And as always, feel free to drop me a line anytime for a, for a chat podcast at thepropertyvoice.net. And in particular this week, if you're at the Fast Forward Your Business event, or you've had some aha moments or distinctions of your own, not necessarily from what I've said, but just, you know, recently, I, I'm curious, as I mentioned, I'd be he- happy to hear your, your own thoughts, uh, aha moments and distinctions too. But thanks very much for listening again this week. And until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.